No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. joining us. Let's kick this pig, let's fuck this chicken. Welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to see you there. Thank you for sharing the show out if you did. If you didn't, that's okay. I understand completely. I wouldn't share the shit either. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I am Boogie Bumper, your host. Hopefully for the next couple of hours or so, we'll see how we go. So much to get through. I know I wasn't going to do a show tonight, but then I'm looking at my stuff and I'm like, I've got so much stuff. I've got stuff and I've got time. Stuff and time. And really, isn't that what it's all about? Stuff and time. I mean, I could be doing nothing right now, but I'm not really the nothing kind of guy. So I thought, why not do a fucking show? So let's have a go. Thank you for joining us. As always, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast here on DLive, dlive.tv slash boogie bumper. And that's the preferred method if you want to leave a tip too, by the way. Get some of those sweet, soury little lemons and leave those succulent little suckers in my fruit bowl. So much to get through in so little time. You can also hit the link down below, streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper. If you want to become a subscriber, Patreon, uh, a full-time supporter, pardon me, Patreon, Subscribe to the podcast, yada, yada, yada. Follow me on Twitter, Apple Boogie Bumper. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Tonight, I think we have to address something. It's the 10,000-pound gorilla in the corner of the room. It is the truth that is right in front of us that none of us want to acknowledge. We are going to do it here tonight because you know why? Because we believe in truth, goddammit. Truth. T-R-O-O-F. Motherfucker. Truth. That kind of truth. We're going to bring you the truth. Who's to blame? Who should we point our finger at? Who should we wave at? Not even point the finger. I want to wave fingers at people tonight. Wave like this. Mm, yeah. Like Babu Butt from Seinfeld. We're going to be waving fingers at all y'all here on the Wine and Crackers broadcast, ladies and gentlemen, to get to the truth, get to the bottom of why the world is burning, why everything's coming to an end, and why we just don't love each other anymore, man. Got to come together. We've got to love. Gotta love one another. Brothers, sisters, the whole fucking works. So we're going to do that. Plus, I've got a little bit of fun stuff for a Friday night to ease you into the weekend. Like you may ease a one-of-a-kind, genuine, authentic, made-in-America glass butt plug into your prison pocket, ladies and gentlemen. And once again, a big round of applause for Amberlina for taking home the big prize on Wednesday night. I have been informed that uh, she has been in contact with the glass master, Evil Ian, who is in the chat. Give Evil Ian a follow for all of your glass butt products <laughs> and other products as well. But I have been reliably informed that they have made contact and that little butt plug is now, little bumpy, as we like to call him on the show, is now making his way across the United States of America en route to a very special asshole somewhere in Texas. So there you go. So much to get through, so little time. Let's kick it off with a little bit of off-topic stuff. Everybody's really irate right now. 
everybody's looking for an excuse to be angry at something. And as far as I'm like, I'm a pretty laid back kind of a guy, but I've often said on this show, I'm only capable of experiencing one human emotion now after, you know, 30 something years on this planet. And that is very fleeting moments of white hot rage, but they are fleeting. You know, I don't experience, I'm not very happy. I'm not sad. I'm just an emotional flatliner most of the time, which is fine by me. There's very, there's very few surprises when you live that way. But every now and then, fleeting moments of white-hot rage. And as far as I'm concerned, there are legitimate things to be outraged by and illegitimate things to be outraged by. Now, the first item I have for you tonight, I would put in the legitimate outrage column. Sure, we can get upset about police brutality. We can get upset about government screwing us. We can get upset about the police state. We can get upset about racism. We can get upset about a whole bunch of things. But every now and then, a situation arises, a topic arises, and I think it hits us all right here. Right here in the heart. And I feel nothing but empathy for those who are afflicted with this scenario I'm about to show you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a look at this. Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Condiment chaos. Let's see what this is all about. Now to a heated incident at a Vancouver Island fast food restaurant. A man is accused of flying into a violent rage at a Wendy's in Colwood because his drive through burger was prepared without mustard. <laughs> I told you it was serious. <laughs> <clears throat> Legitimate outrage, ladies and gentlemen. I consider this guy to be fighting. He is all of us. We are him. I stand in solidarity with the guy who didn't get mustard on his burger when he asked for mustard. I have had it up to here with drive through windows. Enough is enough. When are we going to start burning down? Well, I can't probably say that. When are we going to start standing in solidarity with the people who decide to burn down fast food restaurants? How many times do we have to go through the drive-thru, speak our order clearly, only to be disappointed? Sometimes, sometimes, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. And this will blow your fucking mind. We are all the mustard guy. Thank you, Jim Enward. This will blow your mind. Sometimes you'll go through the drive-thru and there'll be like a whole burger missing from the order. Have you ever had that happen to you? And drive-thru injustice is colorblind. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, or somewhere in between. It does not matter to these fucking fascists earning their $7 an hour at the drive through window. They think just because they're on minimum wage that they have some right to screw us. The mentality of an oligarch, the mentality of a tyrant. I'm declaring war on drive through fascists, ladies and gentlemen. And if I ask for mustard, you better damn well make sure that the mustard is on that burger. You better damn well do your job. Because enough is enough. We have sat in silence for too long. We have tried to communicate our frustration through that stupid little fucking speaker our entire lives. And I say, no more. <laughs> They don't even speak to you like a human being. They're treating you like an animal, like a machine. 
enough with the machine. Fuck these people. I stand in complete solidarity with this guy, whoever he is, who didn't get mustard on his burger. Restaurant. A man is accused of flying into a violent rage at a Wendy's in Colwood because his drive through burger was prepared. Wendy's. Wendy's with that smug little shit-eating grin on her fascist face. She looks like Nazi propaganda to me. The only thing that's different is the red hair instead of the blonde hair. She looks like a, a Hitlerian icon of perfection and white supremacy. Fuck Wendy. Fuck her. I hate her. Without mustard. The incident happened yesterday evening. Police allege the disgruntled customer exited his vehicle and began smashing the drive through window's plexiglass barrier, <laughs> eventually ripping it from the frame and wow. throwing it underneath another vehicle in the parking lot. <laughs> it's like Shaq breaking a backboard. He then fled the scene. Fled the scene. We're just looking for this male suspect. Yeah. Um, he's going to be, he's described as a Caucasian in his 50s. Toxic white masculinity, ladies and gentlemen. Toxic white male rage. Uh, bald head with a reddish brown beard. Bald head, obviously a neo-Nazi, ladies and gentlemen. Beard, uh, wearing jeans. But I don't care. I stand in solidarity with him. Jeans and a plaid overcoat and driving away in a... Wait a minute. Bald head, overcoat, white guy. Oh, dear. Blue or grey Toyota Matrix. Luckily, no one was injured. West Shore RCMP... Luckily. Even though they obviously deserved it. The wanted man is being investigated for mischief and causing a disturbance. Mischief and causing a disturbance. But that is no match for the amount of emotional pain, emotional turmoil that has been inflicted upon good drive through customers for generations. When we speak to that ridiculous, poorly made speaker with very clear instructions only to be disappointed when we get to the end of the drive through queue. And like I said, enough is enough. Enough is enough. There's only so much injustice we can take in this world. Uh, speaking of injustice, <laughs> this one goes out to my friends who follow the plan. Uh, perhaps, perhaps another sideways movement in the plan. Perhaps the plan not going to plan. I'm not sure. But this is for my plan friends. Um... I, I, I do often, you know, smugly giggle under my breath when people say, oh, they're scared. They're so scared. All of, all of the uh, criminals, all of the bad guys, all of the deep state actors, they are fucking terrified, man. They're running scared. They're hiding. Well, here we have Lisa Page, who's just been appointed to a brand new flashy desk job, uh, on-air job, as a legal correspondent on MSNBC, ladies and gentlemen. Now, two people who advise this country's top law enforcement agency about the law, former FBI General Counsel Andrew <laughs> Weissman, and we're very happy to welcome to our network Lisa Page, former FBI lawyer who worked as special counsel for Robert Mueller's legal... Welcome, Lisa Page, former FBI lawyer, worked for special counsel Robert Mueller. She's got years of experience. <laughs> she looks terrified, doesn't she? She looks terrified because she knows that justice is just around the corner. Dun, dun, dun. 
She knows because the good guys, she's been ratting everybody out and the good guys have got her exactly where they need her and they've got her under their thumb. She's been flipped. She's been turned. Hi, Lisa. Would you like a job at MSNBC? Sure, why not? Sounds great. <laughs> We're going to bring you in. and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Connor. Be good. We're going to bring you in to advise us on legal issues. She is an astute legal mind and an ethical legal operator, ladies and gentlemen. She's the perfect, the perfect girl for the job. <laughs> Lisa Page, terrified at her new role, terrified of justice. Legal team. She worked on the Russian government disinformation probe and on yeah. the Hillary Clinton email investigation. Both, lucky for us, MSNBC analysts. And she worked on she worked on the Hillary Clinton email investigation, ladies and gentlemen, and the Russian probe. So you can tell that she is one hundred percent bipartisan, straight as an arrow. <laughs> you can trust Lisa Page. She's worked on both sides of the ideological aisle. She is a genuine ethical legal expert my friends. So you have nothing to worry about. Everything is going according to plan. <laughs> I do want to share. I want to share this one. Uh, big shout out to Royce Lopez from Daywave Radio, ladies and gentlemen, for just tweeting this out a few minutes before I went live, because I have a little bit of stuff to go along with this that I, I, w- I was going to talk about it anyway. And this is perfect because this adds another cog to this wheel. Yes, Doc and Weissman. They're very good. They're very good legal minds. Don't you see? Don't you see that Andrew Weissman and Lisa Page are exactly the kind of ethical legal standard that we want to promote here on the corporate press? (laughs) Can't you see that? Either that, or can't you see that they're terrified of the they're terrified of justice coming down on them, which is why they're taking jobs to speak on international television. Because they're running scared and they're trying to keep their head down because they've been turned. No, 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 no. Yeah, mate. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> hey, maybe she only, maybe they only let her take the job so they can arrest her live on air. That would really wake up the normies, huh? Have her, have her being dragged out by the FBI mid-cross. That'd really red pill the normies. I'm in that kind of a mood today. I'm in that kind of a mood to fuck everybody, burn it all down. I don't give a fuck. So, so <laughs> welcome to Friday. I'm gonna have some fun today. Uh, shout out to Royce Lopez, Hippo Juice Film on Twitter, host of Daywave and co-host of Revenge of the Sis. Because I had a couple of these little hot little items, hot goss off the press. Celebrities getting on board with the Black Lives Matter movement, ladies and gentlemen. Gypsy, where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? She says, who'd she blow for that? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, everyone. <laughs> Why not? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in favour of empowered women doing what they have to do to get ahead. <laughs> That's all I'll say. So, we watched the clip earlier in the week of Don Lemon demanding that Hollywood celebrities get involved, start putting a message out there, start letting everybody know what side they're on, right? Because it's terribly important. As you know, people from the lowest socioeconomic rung, people on the lowest socioeconomic rung of the ladder may completely stop doing what they're doing as long as a millionaire celebrity who lives in a gated community comes out and says so. I think we all know that to be true. So here you have 
perennial social media pest, Kendall Jenner. Black Lives Matter holding up the Black Lives Matter poster right there. But oh dear. Oh dear. Look at the fucking reflection on the ground. Oh no. <laughs> As you can see here. Oh my. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see, but we have a picture of Kendall Jenner holding up a sign that says Black Lives Matter. But the shadow on the ground, her, you know, <laughs> the shadow on the ground of her, there's no sign in her hands. She's just holding her hands up in the air. As though the sign was photoshopped in at a later time. Wow. Kendall Jenner, ladies and gentlemen, busted. So thank you very much, Royce Lopez, for sharing that out. Here's another one for you. I do love to see influencers getting involved. Take a look at this, a little photo op for the influencers. It's very important that the influencers let you know about black lives and how much they matter. Oh, no, look at her. Look at her. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. This is when you know that the protest is no longer legitimate, as far as I'm concerned. The second a justice movement becomes a fashion statement, we can shelve it. We can get rid of it. We can put it aside. We can throw it in the trash. That's it. It's over. It's done. You're done. You're out of there. It's time for the manager of Black Lives Matter to walk out to the mound and take the ball off the pitcher. So long. You're done. It's all over. There is no point for this anymore other than to get social media influencers, and I fucking hate that term, influencer. If I just say in an in an alternate universe sometime in the future, just say I ended up with like half a million fucking Twitter followers and stuff. If I if you ever catch me referring to myself as an influencer, you have permission to shoot me in the face. I will never, ever, ever do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm an influencer. I mean, in- I don't want to be an influence. I don't want to influence you to do anything. I just want to get on here and talk a little shit sometimes. Point th- point to things that I find interesting. Point out hypocrisies when I see them. Do a little bit of media analysis, a little bit of political talk and get the fuck out. I don't want to influence you at all because if I influence you, then it's like a responsibility and I don't want to be responsible for you wackos. Not in any way, shape, or form. Not one of you. I don't want to even be responsible for my own children, should I have them. I'm going to have to work something out. But once we have the influencers walking out onto the street, look, standing to the side of the protest and then just jumping out for a few seconds, holding up the sign, showing the little bit of leg, showing a bit of lingerie, snap, snap, snappy, snap, happy snaps, and then back to your privileged and entitled gated community, ladies and gentlemen. It gets better. Who here has heard of a singer named Lana Del Rey? I've got to put my hand up and admit, I had no idea who the fuck she was before last night. It's all my it's all my fault. No, no, it's all your fault. We'll get to that. Don't worry. I'd never heard of Lana Del Rey. I don't know what she sings. Apparently, she's good. Ah, uh, Daryl, two in the chat. Boogie, I've already burnt down a Wendy's in your name. Oh, shit. Well, that was your mistake. I I disavow. I disavow. That was just jokes, man. (laughs) 
I've heard of her. I like her music. I love her. Oh, no. People in the chat are saying how much they like her. Well, I'm going to ruin it for you. <laughs> Happy fucking Friday. I, can't, I love ruining things for people. It brings me joy. The only joy, uh, like I said before, I'm the only emotion I'm capable of feeling now is fleeting moments of white hot rage, but I am capable of experiencing fleeting moments of pure joy, but only at the expense of somebody else's joy. <laughs> That's the only chance I get. So I'm very much looking forward to ruining this for you. Ah, well, ladies and gentlemen, Lana Del Rey is <laughs> doing the right thing. It's getting involved, doing the right thing for the cause. Have a listen to this. Have a fucking listen to the way this is written. <laughs> this will blow your mind. This will tickle your pickle. Lana Del Rey posts a gorgeous selfie before she joins friends for another day of protesting with Black Lives Matter in LA. Yes, because you see, <laughs> this article... Whilst you would expect most people to be on the side of, well, you know, these influencers and celebrities posting selfies at protest marches, it's kind of not in the spirit of the protest, right? You know, positioning for clout or positioning for PR or positioning for some kind of recognition or clicks is really not in the spirit of, you know, we want justice or a fresh pair of Nikes, right? But... But this article goes the other way. I like it. They've zigged when everybody else is zagging and they're saying, how fucking good is it? How good is it that this celebrity posts a gorgeous selfie before she joins friends for another day of protest, another day in the trenches, <laughs> another day at the grind. Listen, listen to the way this is fucking described in this article. This blew me away. Lana Del Rey recently uh, faced backlash after posting to Instagram from a Black Lives Matter protest, but she's doubling down. I kind of like that. But the six-time Grammy nominee is... So she's a six-time Grammy nominee, but that means usually when they write it like that, they haven't won one. Six-time nominee for a Grammy. But the six-time Grammy nominee is continuing to show her support following the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. She posted a beautiful selfie Thursday to Instagram before she stepped out for another day of protesting with friends in Los Angeles. It's like they're describing her going to a salon or a fucking cafe, isn't it? She posted a gorgeous selfie before stepping out with friends for another day of protesting police brutality. <laughs> before another day of tear gassing. You know, you need to make sure that you wear organic makeup when you go to your protest rally because I hear the tear gas responds negatively to the chemicals that can otherwise be found in many mainstream makeup products. Listen to this. <laughs> the 34-year-old served a fresh beauty look with a black wingtip eyeliner while sporting a white thermal T-shirt. Because this is what I want to see for protests in the future. Don't you want to see corporate media cameras out there at the protest with celebrities at the protest and then treating it like a fucking red carpet event. So who are you wearing? Who designed your protest outfit today, Lana? Well, you can see I'm wearing this nice white uh, tank top. This was designed by uh, Laura Jane and, you know, she runs a lovely little boutique down there in Santa Monica. Oh, that's wonderful. When protests become fashion statements, that's when you know they are no longer legitimate. 
She later posted a set of photos, including one snap of her friends who appeared to be relaxing on someone's porch. Were they her friends or just neighbourhood people? Neighbourhood urban types. Oh, I think Lana would refer to them as. I'm rambling again. Why well, sense it with the, with the tip? Sorry, mate. I can't let this one slide. Yes, you have heard of Lana Del Rey. Let this refresh your memory. Okay. We'll see if I, my memory should be refreshed or not. My pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola. Inspiring. <laughs> the song, the protest song of a generation. My pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola. The question is, though, can she breathe through it? Can she breathe through her pussy? <laughs> Another show, the group of women, uh, women wearing face masks on the street, crowded with peaceful protesters. Thank you for the tip, Kimmy, by the way. Uh, one holding a sign that read, Racism is a pandemic. Lana posted some footage from the protest as helicopters could be heard above, also showing the back of the sign that read, Injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. There are the, the very fashionable protesters, ladies and gentlemen. Very organic collection of young, concerned citizens. Making sure, of course, because when you're, pos- when you're posing on a porch in support of Black Lives Matter, you need to make sure that your gym gear is nice and clean, nice and appropriate. You need to make sure that your makeup is done and you're looking smashing because we can't influence people to stand against police brutality unless we first make ourselves presentable. I think that's a lesson for everybody. And there you have... (laughs) Stunning and brave. Have a look at that. The poses... The sign, the sign's been written on cardboard, by the way, so you can tell that she's just like one of us. She's just like one of the ordinary folks. So stunning, so brave. There's only one friend there that actually is black by the looks of it. So <laughs> Lana Del Rey. There she is holding up the sign. Isn't she wonderful? Uh, Lana Del Rey captures protest aftermath, aftermath in Los Angeles. Let's have a look. This is direct from the phone of Lana. Proving that she was right in the thick of the action by wandering around many hours after the ride is finished. Wow, look at all this chaos here. Right in the thick of it is Lana Del Rey. There's a picture of a burnt out car. So she is a freedom fighter, ladies and gentlemen. Lana Del Rey looking absolutely smashing in her wingtip eyeliner and her designer crop top while standing on the side of Black Lives Matter. It's dangerous as fuck and a very poor choice of moments to post, the Pop Life alum tweeted on Sunday. By all means, protest, but do not endanger people with your very massive platform. Sounds like a hater to me. Don Lemon wanted the celebrities to get on board and now the celebrities on board and I guess a few people are going to have some kind of problem with that. But they just don't believe in justice. They don't understand the real fight that's taking place here. Uh, One more for you. Simi Valley official LAPD veteran posts meme mocking protesters 
and face masks. Well, this this injustice cannot be allowed to stand. Anything wrong except maybe post a joke that was in bad taste. Okay. Simi Valley Mayor Pro Tem Mike Judge dismissed calls for his resignation. Yes, his name is Mike Judge. <laughs> Believe it or not. And after he posted this meme on his Facebook page on Monday, when Black Lives Matter protests were going on across the country, okay. it reads, want to stop the riots, mobilize the septic tank trucks, put a pressure cannon on them and hose them down the end. My biggest complaint with this is it's a very boomer Facebook meme. I don't even think that it qualifies as a meme. Like, where's the joke here? You know what I mean? That's not funny. There's no play on words. There's no punchline. There's no joke. It's just it's something that a boomer would post on Facebook. Yeah, well, you know how you stop the riots. You get the aseptic tanks out there. You get the septic tanks out there and you put hoses on them and then we'll hose them down the street, huh? Huh? What do you think of that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where's the, where's the fun in that? Where's the joke in that? that? I don't think this qualifies as a meme. This is just words. <laughs> D-Live Dingus, imagine losing your job over a boomer meme, right? Imagine posting a boomer meme. Let's get back to fundamentals here. If you're gonna post some, if you're gonna post something that's gonna put your job at risk, at least make it worthwhile. Like this is my attitude with drink driving, right? I've always had this thought with drink driving. I'm not going, you know. Every I think everybody has taken a risk from time to time, and Lord knows I've taken my share of fucking risks in that department. But here's my here's the way I think about drink driving. <laughs> not to, I'm not encouraging drink driving, by the way. But like, I'm not gonna get picked up for drink driving being like one drink over the limit. No. If I get picked up for drink driving, I want them to read like the breathalyzer. I want the policeman to say to me, wow, you should be fucking dead. How are you even driving a car? You know what I mean? Make it worthwhile. If you're going to go down for it, at least go down in style. Gypsy with a diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? She says septic tanks smell better than Antifa. Well, whose fault is that? Obviously, they have a bad upbringing and mum isn't doing the washing often enough. So I blame the parents for that. We can't expect these freedom fighters to be doing their own laundry now. Come on, be real, get reasonable. Be reasonable. Anything that has to deal with a, a hose expression, um, I mean, given the history oh, of come what on, man. we've been through, oh, come that's on. a pretty direct thing to say. Oh, come on. Enough. The most offensive part of that was the hose reference. <laughs> the hose reference. <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't have even had a problem with it, but he mentioned the hose. And of course, you know, the history of what we've been through, hoses are very offensive things. We don't like hoses. You know, when you're talking about the hoses and the civil rights, uh, you know, that's, that, that's when a joke goes too far. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. We're, we're, we're marching in the streets against police brutality. Yeah, fucking they're hitting us with batons. They're fucking throwing, they're throwing gas at us, right? Gas canisters, tear gas, blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah, but um, uh, you know, when they break the hose out, that's when it that's when it goes too far for me. Like, like I was reading Facebook the other day, and some guy put on there like a boomer meme, and they mentioned a hose, and I was like, this is the final straw. You know, motherfuckers got to draw a line in the sand. <laughs> you can't post shit about hoses on Facebook, sir. Fucking give me a break. Yes, hoses are racist now. I don't know if you're aware. Dead Jedi in the chat asking if hoses are racist. Yes, of course they are, you Nazi. Of course they are. They always have been. Didn't you know? From now on, when the fire department pulls up to a burning building, I only want to see them using buckets, throwing buckets on the building. Can we use buckets? Is buckets okay? I don't know. Well, you know, with our history, you know, buckets have been used in in previous times to uh, collect money for the KKK. You know, they used to walk around with little buckets. People put coins in there to raise money for the clan. So, you know, we we against the buckets as well. Ah, okay. How about blankets? Can we use blankets? Well, you know, you see, they was given uh, disease blankets to the indigenous folk who we stand with in solidarity. So we are you know, with our history and, and the blankets, like, we, we can't accept that. We can't allow the blankets to be used. And what if we just let it burn down then? Would that be acceptable? Well, no, you see, because in times like this, people have been crying out for leadership and there's no reason to let these communities burn. You know, you got to do something. You got to so show some leadership. And, you know, our politicians ain't showing enough leadership right now. Well, I said something with the diamond. Chicken comes in a biscuit, so yes, racist. Mario McDowell lives in Simi Valley and has participated in McDowell's. protests this week. Simi Valley Councilperson Ruth Luevanos is also Councilperson. <laughs> this is a genuine question, right? How do you expect to stand up against the fascist police state, as you would call it? The fascist warriors of the next Nazi regime, a.k.a. the riot police. How do you expect to stand up to the scary men in bulletproof vests and guns and uniforms when you are too afraid to use gendered language? Like a genuine question. Do you really think that somebody who is scared of words is going to be able to stand up to the largest law enforcement force on planet Earth when push comes to shove? Genuine question. No, 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 no. Amberlina in the chat. No, I'm sorry. You're being you're being very bigoted. Amberlina's trying to refer to this councilwoman as a councilwoman. No, no, no. She's a council person. We are all council persons. <laughs> council person. Those uh, those police those police are shaking in their jackboots. I'm sure. Voicing her concerns. The fact that he referenced using hoses to stop African American protests shows that he doesn't know anything about civil rights history. In the- <laughs> I've said it before, and I'll say it again. <clears throat> More often than not, you'll find in these kinds of circumstances, right? This is my experience anyway. This is my personal anecdotal story and I'm sticking to it. You know the stories that you hear about people trying to shut down like Christmas displays because it's offensive to Muslims, for example. That's a fine example. I have never heard a Muslim, and I grew up like in an area with lots of Muslims. I've never heard a Muslim complain about Christmas displays, not once. 
the type of people I have heard uh, have heard complain about Christmas displays is women like this. White, upper middle class, bordering on boomer aged women. That That's who complains. They're the ones who say that it's offensive to Muslims. Not the Muslims around here. They don't they don't complain about Christmas stuff. But it's the women it's the women getting offended on their behalf who are the ones who shut the shit down, right? Not just the women, not just the Karens, there's also men involved, but it's seldom the the actual legitimate complaints seldom come from the apparent community which is apparently outraged by it. It's usually do-gooding upper middle class white people in government positions who make these calls you know what i mean well the fact that and think about think about it this this thing this this shitty little meme was posted on facebook or whatever it is talking about hooking up hoses to septic tanks this was posted whilst buildings and whole communities were fucking literally not figuratively literally burning to the ground while people were being bashed on the street, while looting and rioting was taking place, police cars being burnt with Molotov cocktails thrown by rioters. And this city council, this Simi Valley City Council, uses their time to discuss why it's too offensive to mention a hose in a Facebook meme because of the history of the civil rights movement. These people are completely fucking unhinged. There's no other way to describe it. They are off the planet. They are next level insane. With the with the glow of the flames of the city behind her, she will go on television and say, you know what? Of all the things that are affecting our society right now, I think we need to draw special attention to people who mention the word hose in a meme about the riots. That's white supremacy shit right there, folks. And we can't allow it. We must not allow it. We must not allow it. <laughs> Unfucking believable, these people. Absolutely wonderful. Well, I do like to keep you up to date with what's happening down here from time to time, ladies and gentlemen. And as you know, as I've mentioned before on the show, we do have a little bit of a history of importing some of your shittier things. We, we import some of your good stuff from North America. Don't get me wrong. I love you, Bros, and you know I do. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. Right? You're our favorite cousin. We love you. But every now and then you export some of this shitty stuff to us and it's like, oh, really? Do we have to? Well, now, today, it's Saturday here in Australia, by the way. Today, a whole bunch of Black Lives Matter protests are kicking off in capital cities around Australia. I bet you thought it was just an American thing. But we now have Black Lives Matter as well. <laughs> and they're going out, they're going to protest. They're very angry. They're standing in solidarity. And they're protesting for black lives here in Australia. Black lives matter. But they're getting a little bit of pushback from the government who is kind of in a tricky spot here, which makes which brings me joy. 
which brings me much joy. You know, if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know my position on the over-policing of the coronavirus lockdown laws, right? You know what side of that argument I'm on. It should be pretty fucking obvious. But now comes a difficult moment for Australian politicians who, for the last three months, have been lambasting and criticising and criminalising people who are out on the street during the coronavirus health lockdowns who now have to make a choice when it comes to Black Lives Matter protests because, you know, all of these politicians also do not want to appear to be racist. They have to make a choice now. Do we allow the protests and then everybody else will get upset because they'll say, why are we in lockdown but these people are allowed to protest? Or do we try to stop the protests and then be accused of thinking that black lives do not in fact matter as much as we think they should? It's a beautiful, delicious little situation here. A rock and a hard place. So let me catch you up with what's going on down under, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You're listening to The Daily Boogie. Let's see. Protesters are expected to march through the streets of Sydney today despite the state Supreme Court ruling a Black Lives Matter protest unlawful. Just, Justice Desmond Fagan has denied permission for a Black Lives Matter march to go ahead saying people have given up their livelihoods during the COVID-19 crisis and the protest would pose too much of a health risk. The rally has been organised to protest Indigenous inequality as civil unrest continues across the United States in the wake of African-American George Floyd's death at the hands of police. Organisers told the court it's likely more than 10,000 people will still attend but will have to protest on the footpaths if roads are not blocked adding that would pose more of a risk of transmission. (laughs) I think you would be a very, very, very optimistic and naive individual to think that 10,000 angry protesters would descend on a capital city and just stick to the footpath. (laughs) Well, no, you see, if you don't give us permission to close the streets then we're going to have to protest on the footpath and that's going to be even more dangerous when it comes to spreading COVID-19. So you better just give us what we want. Let us do what we want the way we want to do it. Otherwise, it's going to be worse for you. (laughs) We'll just stick to the footpath. We will protest from the footpath. Won't that be wonderful? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, do you promise you're not going to go on the street? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay, then. Justice Fagan says he did not accept that people would attend regardless of the decision. (laughs) For the court to authorise a gathering in these circumstances would amount to a defiance. (laughs) I've, (laughs) I've got to be honest here. Surely, surely he can't be that detached, right? I mean, do these do these people really think that thousands of activists are like fucking waiting on the edge of their seat to see if the Supreme Court will give them permission to march or not? <laughs> right? Imagine being imagine being an activist. Imagine being one of these protesters. They're like, fuck the police, fuck authority. We're going to do what we want. We've got to stand up against authority. We're going to give them the finger. We fucking demand change. We're going to get out there in numbers. Didn't you hear? The Supreme Court said that our march is illegal. Oh, okay. I guess we better call it off then. 
Are you heading into town after the show, Boogie? God, no. Fuck no. <laughs> My protest days are long behind me. <laughs> what are they all waiting to hear for the court? They're waiting for the court ruling to decide whether they're going to head out into the streets or not? What planet is this guy on? Well, I don't think people will show up as long as we deem it to be an illegal protest. Oh, really? Yes. I, I am a Supreme Court justice and I'm telling you, people will listen to me. They will do what I say. Right. Okay. People would attend regardless of the decision. For the court to authorise a gathering in these circumstances would amount to a defiance of a judgment that has been made by ministers in the government. Gee, they wouldn't be in defiance of the ministers in the government, would they? <laughs> and the public health officials who advise them. And the doc- the ministers in the government and the doctors, they would be in defiance of all of those people. Well, I guess they won't show up then. In the interests of the safety of all. For these reasons, I refuse the application for authorisation under Section 26. It's beautiful because we've talked about this before, right? With the coronavirus protests, they were saying, this is an unauthorised protest. Oh, okay. How do I get... We respect your right to protest, but you have to get authorisation. Okay. Can I get authorisation? No. That would go against the COVID-19 laws. But I'm protesting against the COVID-19 laws. That's fine. Everybody has a right to protest. You just need authorisation. Okay. Can I get authorisation? No, that would be against the COVID-19 laws. <laughs> and while I was saying that, the, bear in mind, while I was saying that, you know, the more, dare I say it, left-wing activist community was like, <laughs> too bad, too bad. You can't protest. Got to stay home. Got to keep people safe. Don't want people to get sick. But now, all of a sudden, the same thing's biting them in the ass. It's like, this is a fucking injustice. It's like, well, you know. How many times do we have to say... How many times do we have to say the thing that you're cheering for today will be used against you tomorrow, so stop being such an hat. Doesn't matter. Nut, nut. We only see to, like, the end of our nose. I want these laws. Fuck those guys. Fuck them. I want these laws put in place. We've got to keep people safe. Next week rolls around. I want to protest. Well, we've got laws to keep people safe. Fuck your laws. <laughs> That's for them. Those laws are for those guys. It's not for us. Too bad. Police will now be able to use all powers available to them to disperse crowds, including fining protesters. Despite this, Greens MP David Shoebridge says he expects a significant number of First Nations people will come out. First Nations people. This is clearly a disappointing outcome because what... This, this, this guy is an Australian politician, by the way. This means is... That For the Green Party. The organisation that was there to make this rally as safe as possible, to ensure that the social... This is, this is the guy who wanted all gun owners' uh, addresses and details posted um, open in an open forum so everybody can know who the gun owners are and where they live. <laughs> this is the kind of guy this guy is. He wanted to dox every gun owner in the country. Distancing was as thorough as possible. That organising can no longer continue. Effectively, the police have taken over responsibility for what happens. We'll have significant police resources out to manage any situation. And yeah, looking forward to the management of that situation. Um, Let's see here. Oh, hang on. I've got this one for you. So... 
the plot thickens, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. See you now. See you in hell. <clears throat> Hello, Khaleesi. <laughs> Khaleesi has entered the chat. I think it's terrible what that guy did to you. Betraying you like that. All you wanted to do was take over the world. It wasn't fair. Thank you for joining us, Khaleesi. Um, the plot thickens. Because like I said, it's a difficult one for the politicians. They don't know which side of the ledger to fall on. This is our premier in my state, which is effectively like a governor. This is Gladys Berejiklian. And this is what she had to say about the impending Black Lives Matter protest due today in the good city of Sydney. If Twitter video wants to play along, which it probably won't because it's fucking Twitter. Oh, Twitter video. Why must you make a meal out of everything? Let's try again. Good morning, uh, everybody. Or rather, good afternoon, everybody. Morning, good afternoon, whatever. Close enough. Are you serious? Come on now. Come on, Twitter. Why is Twitter video so unreliable compared to others? Good morning, uh, everybody. Or rather, good afternoon, everybody. Can I uh, make one thing abundantly clear? The New South Wales government would never, ever give the green light to thousands of people flagrantly disregarding the health orders. Based. That never was and never will be our intention. Let me make it very, very clear that all of us have given up so much and worked so hard <laughs> in order to make sure that we get on top of the virus. And to date, New South Wales has been very successful only because all of us have made the have taken the hard yards, have making those the difficult hard yards, decisions. Difficult decisions, family, hard yards, doing the right thing. We've not done what we normally do in order to keep the community safe. Congratulations, Australia. You're so good at following the rules. Uh, earlier this week, as I understand it, a request was put in for a small protest to the police. A small protest. Uh, it was a small protest which would have been managed similarly yes. to the small protest that took place during the course of this week where right. people respected the health orders right. and they respected social distancing. Yes. There are health orders in place in New South Wales at the moment in relation to public gathering. Health orders. We have health orders. Just got to follow the orders. In relation to uh, the number of people in a public space, etc. Uh, when I spoke to the Commissioner and it became abundantly clear that police would not be able to assure the maintenance of those health orders, mm. that the number of protesters far exceeded yes. what the initial request was, yes. uh, the Police Commissioner yes. uh, and I yes. discussed the fact that the Police Commissioner would apply to the Supreme Court mm. to have the intended process or the intended protest tomorrow that was intended to go ahead yep. deemed illegal. It's an illegal protest, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm sure that nobody will turn up. Uh, just incidentally, on Monday's show, ladies and gentlemen, I will show you footage of the thousands of people who are going to be turning up to this illegal protest. And then we will also show the corporate mainstream media here in Australia praising the people who turn up to the protest for standing up for what's right, standing up for what they believe in. <laughs> I guarantee you just know that it's going to play out that way. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take a quick five-minute break because I need to refresh my drink. When we come back... I'm going to get to the point of tonight's show. Don't worry. There's, I've got so much fun stuff here. You're not going to believe the kind of shit I've got for you. So if you can stick around five minutes, we'll get back to the point of the show, which is who is to blame for this? Who, who, is, who is the one responsible? Who are we waving our finger at here on a Friday night? Ladies and gentlemen. So 
Uh, stick around, five-minute break, grab yourself a new drink, grab yourself a beverage, put something cosy on and settle in because we'll be right back after these short, short messages, ladies and gentlemen, here on The Daily Bookie. Do you like your novelty comedy songs organic, handmade with painstaking care, put into every note? Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later, Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week. So check it out. Idiot bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot bumper. Idiot Really giving that one a workout? Come on. Dlive.tv slash JJ Stoner. And we love JJ here on the show. It's the J.J. Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Inverted, narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. Hi. I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? What are you? Why do you have to ruin my evening? Like, I, I'm just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show, and you, you gotta, you just gotta do that. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No! <laughs> 
Dude, Asian uh, come dick on, Tracy. You enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover <laughs> in, in Argentina. But it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly really love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so... Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Feeling depressed? Need someone to tell you it's not okay? Do you like goth public access TV? Then join me for The Big Empty every Sunday at noon. Major underscore Tom on DLive with zeros for O's because everything in your life is that difficult. Hey, Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kicked at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you'll have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessie Can't be old movies and old cartoons We hope to see you over there very soon It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessie When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot Tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. 
tonight on DLive if you'd like to that's the preferred method dlive.tv slash boogie bumper or streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper become a patreon by heading to patreon.com slash boogie bumper subscribe to the podcast and follow me on twitter at boogie bumper ladies and gentlemen it's about time we get to the nuts and bolts the crux get to the bottom of all this all of this nonsense and mayhem and chaos and lions and tigers and bears oh my we need to get to the bottom of this we need to find somebody to blame and I promise that we will do that. We will investigate. We will deep dive into who the real culprits are, who the real perpetrators are of all of this injustice and criminality and horrible, horrible things that we find ourselves being surrounded by in the early part of 2020. But before we do, I, ha- I have to check something because somebody just sent me something during the break and said, you have to see this. And the way they described it, I'm like, no, that can't be right. That, that cannot be right. That cannot be true. I haven't seen the video yet, so I don't know if it's exactly the way it was described to me, but it's a President Trump video, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it because uh, the guy can surprise from time to time. So, ladies and gentlemen, President Trump making comments earlier today. I haven't seen this yet. I don't know if it's really the way that it was described to me, but let's have a look. Equal justice under the law <clears throat> must mean that every American receives equal treatment in every encounter with law enforcement, regardless of race, color, gender, or creed, they have to receive fair treatment. That's fair enough, yep. From law enforcement, they have to receive it. Mm. We all saw what happened last week. Have to receive it. We can't let that happen. Okay. Hopefully George is looking down right now and saying there's a great thing that's happening for our country. (laughs) George, he said George, the dead guy. Holy shit. <laughs> no, no, Kimmy, you don't get to do that now. You don't get to say, I think he meant to say Jesus. Come on now. That's going to be a bridge too fucking far. <laughs> you don't, fuck, I know, I know you're only joking. That you watch, people will come out and say, oh, no, 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 he meant, what he meant to say was, so, you know, there's no fucking, there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) People will. 
Holy shit. Voice of reason. In context, he had talked about criminal justice reform just before. It doesn't matter. You see, you can't say that the guy who was fucking murdered last week will be looking down smiling. <laughs> yes, the guy who was murdered live on camera last week, he's looking down and he's saying, wow, this is so fucking good. Look at all this reform that Trump's doing. Eh? <laughs> Woo! You can't say that. i got to hear it again. Because <laughs> somebody said it to me. They said, he just said that the dead guy's happy. <laughs> I'm like, what? Nah, come on now. <laughs> Surely not. Yes. Surely yes. From law enforcement. They have to receive it. We all saw what happened last week. We can't let that happen. Hopefully, George is looking down right now and saying, there's a great thing that's happening for our country. Wow. He's looking down now and saying, it's a great thing that I got fucking murdered on the street. (laughs) I, 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 I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what to tell you. And fucking... And so help me God, the first person that starts like tweeting shit out like, oh, look at him owning the libs. Look, he's making the libs crazy. You're gonna, I'm going to have to point to you and say, no, you're fucking insane now. You know what I mean? Because will, people will spin this and say, oh, look, he said that to, to make the libs fucking crazy. He, made, he said that to melt the fucking snowflakes, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Hopefully George is looking down right now. So <laughs> Last week. We can't let that happen. Hopefully, George is looking down right now and saying, there's a great thing that's happening for our country. Hopefully, George is looking down right now saying, that's a great thing that's happening for our country. Yeah, well, <laughs> good luck with that, mate. <laughs> wow. Ah, oh, that's not going to work out well. That's, yeah, that's... Look, and I'll do. I'll defend Trump when he says stuff, and like, here's the thing, right? He'll say things, and then people manipulate it into something else in order to say, "Oh, look, he's a Nazi. Oh, look, he's a fucking terrorist." Blah 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 blah. So I'll defend that and go, "Well, clearly that's not what he said." But this, this, this is what he said. Hopefully, George is looking down and saying that's a great thing that's happening for our country. Well, <laughs> George died for our sons, for our sins. I think you meant to say, "Thank you for the diamond." Yes, because everything we say is only about what we said 10 seconds ago. Well, see, again, like this is the rationalizing though, right? I, I don't, you can say it's out of context and he was talking about criminal reform and stuff. He said, hopefully George is looking down and saying this is a great thing that happened to our country. The guy who was murdered. Come on. <laughs> the guy who was fucking killed by police is saying this is a great thing that's happening to our country. I don't know, man. Holy shit! Winning TV with a ninja guinea dropping a guinea on us. Holy shit! On a Friday, and I'm being black pilled. Yes, exactly. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, hopefully George is looking down on us too, and saying what a great live stream this is. Hopefully George is looking down on the fine men and women of the Minneapolis police force and saying what a great thing it is that finally people are talking about justice reform. Hopefully George is looking down on the president and saying, 
Thank you, Mr. President, for everything that you're doing here. Hopefully George is looking down on the world and letting everybody know that, you know, the things that are happening now are really, really good. It's really great. Hopefully George is looking down on all of us, saying, what a great job you're doing. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, in these difficult times, we turn to the corporate press, ladies and gentlemen, to teach us if Lucifer's here that George couldn't be happier, I'm sure. <laughs> Sure, he's cock a hoop. He's up there skipping on clouds. My, my, what a beautiful fucking day it is down there on Earth. Didn't you hear? They're finally doing something about criminal justice. Isn't that wonderful? I couldn't be happier. That's great. It's a really good thing that's happening. Fucking amazing. Uh, <laughs> in these times, we need to watch. We need to go to the corporate media to figure out how are we supposed to deal with these things? You know, how can we move on? What do we say to the young people of the world, ladies and gentlemen, to make this a better place? This is Ryan Phelan, who I think for the most part is like a sports reporter down here. I think he's been on like Australian Fox Sports and ESPN and stuff. This video comes from one of the major free-to-air networks here in Australia. It has 550 views. And it's being ratioed with likes and dislikes. It has twice as many dislikes as it has likes. I haven't watched it yet, but it's called How to Talk to Your Kids About Racism Following George Floyd's Death and Protests. Let's have a look. Maybe, maybe you tell them George would be really happy that we're learning about racism here. You know, I hope George is looking down saying what a great thing it is that we're teaching all the kids about racism. As to the pandemic and now America in crisis, the 2020 news cycle has been get your full cheese, of anxiety. Man. Thank you for the gifted sub winning TV. Inducing news. This week's protests have highlighted confronting realities, sparking uncomfortable but necessary conversations. So how do we have those talks with our kids, especially when it comes to... How do we tell our kids what's going on? ...racism and the current headlines. Psychologist Dr Kira Banks joins us now live from St Louis in Missouri. Kira, thanks so much for joining us and for speaking with us today. This is an incredibly important time in history. How do we make our kids aware of what's going on in the world without inciting fear? OK, we don't want to incite fear. How can we, how can we teach the little kiddies about racism in our world? So I think it's really important to make sure we are having conversations with them in an ongoing way so that in moments like this, it's not the... So we can treat them like children for the rest of their lives. ...first time that they're learning about racism. But if this is the first time, I think you keep it really simple. You let them know that there was a police officer that wasn't being fair and has been was mean and harmed a black man wow. and that there's a pattern of black people that are being hurt by police and that's not right and that's not fair and kids understand fairness <clears throat> like i said i haven't watched this but isn't the messaging to the children eerily familiar to the messaging that's being given to the adults as well or is it just me is it just me or is, does, does that sound like what the adults are being are supposed to learn as well that the police are really mean and they're treating black people unfairly and have been doing so for a long time isn't isn't it basically the exact same fucking message here <laughs> so wait are we treating are we giving the children childlike advice 
Are we giving the children adult language or are we giving the adult children language? Like, which one is it? Because it's the same messaging. It's the exact same. Listen again. This is the way you're supposed to talk to your kids about racism, apparently, from a psychologist. That they're learning about racism. But if this is the first time, I think you keep it really simple. You let them know that there was a police officer that wasn't being fair and has been was mean and harmed a black man and okay. that there's a pattern of black people that are being hurt by police and that's not right and that's not fair and kids understand fairness that sounds that sounds like modern day politicians describing what's going on to adults <laughs> i i don't see the difference here do you am i am i the only one i don't see how that's any different to you know msnbc talking about it that it's really unfair and mean Thank you for the diamond jacket pick. It's the first name they hear is is George Floyd in this instance, and I guess do we talk... And George is looking down on us saying what a great thing this is, hopefully. Talk about George Floyd. I wouldn't want him to be upset up there. Hopefully he's looking down and saying this is a great thing but, uh, and that's happening in the country. <laughs> and then a wider conversation around... Fucking Donald Trump, man. <laughs> you know, hopefully George is up there. Looking down on us and saying what a great thing this is for our country. <laughs> He's not going to fucking live that one. That, that, that's not going to be one of those ones that just goes away in a couple of days. I think that's going to be one of those ones that goes, ah, uh, that's a face palm. And that's the problem. You can say it's, oh, well, it's out of context and stuff. <laughs> to say that the murdered guy, hopefully he's looking down and saying what a great thing this is. There's no context that can get you out of that. <laughs> that's that's a fuck up. Around that? I think you do. I think it's important to name the name. So say to say his name, to talk about George Floyd. And because oftentimes with kids, when we when we make it a personal story and Yeah, Ben K. Veritas, George's girlfriend saying he uh, said he wouldn't have wanted the chaos in his name. It seems everybody's speaking on behalf of George now. The girlfriend, the Black Lives Matter protesters, and the president. <laughs> Everybody's speaking for George. He's never had such a big platform. He should be fucking over the moon. And they just like they read in books, they know the story. It's it's a way for them to be able to connect with what happened. And it, it's important to be honest with them. Racism is a horrible, violent thing. And so to simply share with them that this that there's unfairness in the world and injustice in the injustice in the world, I don't think that that has to be synonymous with fear. Uh, I think that's unfortunately something that's that's not a pretty spot in our world. And to also tell them that there are people that are standing up against racism and that there are people that are protesting for rights because right. they also don't think that it's fair. Yes. Yes, it's very important. It's very important to tell your children. Thank you for the diamond check a bit. It's very important to tell your children that there are people protesting. But then you have to describe what a protest is. <laughs> Listen to this advice. It's, it's the exact same advice that they're giving the adults. The protests can be confusing and to see the headlines could be stressful for kids. The kids reading fucking headlines? What planet are you on? Oh, the, the newspaper headlines could be distressing for my five-year-old. Get a fucking grip, man. Have you ever seen little kids play together? They just play with anyone. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> the three, exactly. The three-year-old, my three-year-old doesn't think it's fair. My three-year-old thinks that we should be learning more about racism and what the protesters are doing.
<laughs> Why are your kids watching the news? D-Life Dingus in the chat. Holy shit. You know, my five-year-old came home the other day from work and happened to, happened to walk past a newsstand at the train station and saw the most alarming headline. Said something about racism and police brutality. He was most distressed. I had to sit him down after he got home and got changed out of his office clothes and talk to him about the headline in the newspaper. Winning TV with a diamond. George would want me to have Jordans and a TV. <laughs> you know, hopefully George is up there looking down on us, saying, you know, I'm very glad that everybody now has very sophisticated footwear. Hopefully George is looking down on us, saying, you know what? Everybody should have a flat screen. Hopefully saying what a great thing this is. It's a great thing that's happening. <clears throat> Children see distressing headlines. Okay. I, I, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I really don't think that that's true. <laughs> Whatever. So how would we start that conversation About the headlines? with our children? I think it's important to simply tell them, right? Just like there's something that's unfair that's happening, that there are people who, who want to be fair. And so there are people who are protesting and saying police officers should be fair and they shouldn't harm people. Yeah. And to explain it simply as that. I think too often we conflate and we put together protests with violence, but most of the times protests are not violent. Oh. <laughs> Huh? How do you like them apples? So it's important to say to your children. So th this is the lesson. This is what we get out of this here. When the children read the unfortunate headlines, the distressing headlines, this is the way you've got to deal with it. You've just got to keep focusing on the police and how unfair they are. Make sure that you mention the protesters and that they're standing up for what's right and don't mention any violent stuff because that can be scary. <laughs> you know, far too often... We conflate protesters with, you know, violent looting and stuff. And we can't let the children, we don't want the children to be involved in that. That's a little too scary. Leave them out of that conversation. Just make sure you tell them that there is two kinds of people in the world. Unfair police and the good people who stand up to them. That's all you need to tell them. Great idea. But this, of course, this is how you start the conversation with your child who is most certainly feeling very distressed at reading all of the headlines on the newspaper at the newsstand. Your three-year-old, your four-year-old, your five-year-old. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. Uh, that seems like a good segue into this article that I found late last night, ladies and gentlemen. This could be one of the hottest takes. No form of protest is considered acceptable. People shaming the current uprisings are deliberately misinterpreting American protest history. Don't people shame people uh, violently protesting. Do not people shame rioters and looters. That would be wrong. That would be a misinterpretation of history. Since Ferguson, the images have become familiar. The fires, the police in their face shields, armed with batons and cans of pepper spray. Uh, pepper spray. The protesters sporting bruises, pouring milk on one another's faces. Sometimes it feels like we're stuck in a loop, reliving the same scenes over and over. Is this kind of protest working? If it is, for whom? And how will this all end? Well, it's certainly working for the police state, I think. It's certainly working for the people who want to infringe on the freedoms of society more so. 
It's certainly working for the people who manufacture surveillance solutions. It's certainly working for the counter-terrorism types. It's certainly working for the people who uh, provide law enforcement with all of their weaponry and machinery. And it's certainly working for a whole bunch of people. I'm not sure if it's working for you as a normal person, though. But there are people getting rich. So that's a good thing. Jobs are being created, I guess. Oh, he's got to look for the positives. On Wednesday's episode of What Next, I spoke with Kelly Carter-Jackson, a history professor at Wellesley University and the author of Force and Freedom, Black Abolitionists and the Politics of Violence. In our conversation, which has been edited and condensed for clarity, she argues that the uprising we're witnessing right now is rooted in a long-standing American tradition. <clears throat> it's, tradi it's traditional looting that's taking place. <laughs> You know, hopefully George is up there looking down on us saying, what a wonderful thing it is to see all of this traditional looting and rioting and burning of police cars happening. Very traditional, you see. We've all turned trad now. We're all trads. <laughs> Progress can only get you so far. See, because every other topic of conversation, we need to denounce history. History is awful. We don't like our history. We hate our history. History is racist and violent and evil and wrong, you see. But now, today, we need to look to history to say, no, 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 violent rioting and looting is not only justified, it's correct because of history. Isn't it wonderful? Fantastic. Uh, I was watching the new... So this is the interviewer. I was watching the New York Police Commissioner give a press conference over the weekend, and at the very end, he basically defended the cops for the fact that they'd driven into a group of protesters... He also said something like, I've done this for a long time, and my perspective is that most effective protests are the quietest. Kelly Carter-Jackson replies, Ugh, I couldn't disagree more. When we go back to Colin Kaepernick's silent protest of taking a knee at football games during the national anthem, people lost their minds. I remember the outrage. I remember the boycotts. I remember the Nike ad. Yes, corporate sponsorship of protests is obviously the right kind of protest. Like, that's another thing that... <laughs> It's just amazing to me that the people who are most vociferously anti-capitalist will celebrate global corporations getting on board with their movement. It never ceases to amaze me how dense somebody has to be in order to say, oh, fuck, fuck capitalism, fuck the system. Hey, didn't you hear? This multi, multi, multi-billion dollar global corporation is now putting their slogan uh, our slogan on their advertising. Yeah, it's about time. Woo, woo. Corporate sponsorship is what this protest needs to go to the next level. Right, right. You know what I mean? And I, I know it's easy to be cynical, but come on. It's also easy to be fucking stupid too. Make a choice. I'm comfortable with my choice. How about you? Next time you're out there waving the corporate banner. Like, this is not... And I remember saying to my husband, all he's doing is taking a knee. Like, this is not a middle finger to the flag, but people could not handle that. No one wants the knee. So you move past that into this much more aggressive, direct political response. That's what's happening right now in the United States, ladies and gentlemen. The burning of police cars, the looting, the rioting, that's called now direct political response. Just in case you were unaware. Now, those who initially expressed displeasure prefer the knee. If we're honest with ourselves, no one wants to be interrupted. No one really wants the status quo to change. No one wants to be uncomfortable. 
No one wants to forfeit anything. Another question. You've, you've talked about violence as lubricant for social change and as a form of communication. Violence is free speech, in other words. In my book, I talk about how violence is a political language. It works really well as a metaphor when we think about revolutions, wars, and particularly bottom-up uprisings. Violence becomes the main way people can communicate their political, social, or economic grievances. When Martin Luther King Jr. said a riot is the language of the unheard, he was saying this is how they speak. When you mute them politically, socially, and economically, this is the only way they can communicate and get attention. But isn't it funny, though, how it only seems to apply one way? Because I remember watching uh, Nigel Farage speaking in the European Union uh, building, right? He was When he was an elected member of the... He was a British representative to the European Union. And he was saying that the riots in like Greece and Italy and Spain and other EU countries, if you take people's sovereignty away, if you take their voice away, that all they are left with is violence. And he was fucking lambasted for it. Why? Because the people rioting on those occasions were rioting for the kind of politics that we don't like. They were rioting for some other team. Therefore, it had to be admonished. It had to be swept under the rug. It had to be, we had to pretend like it didn't exist, or if it did exist, we had to pretend that it was the next, it was the coming of the next fucking Adolf Hitler, right? But now, of course, the times are a changing and the shoe's on the other foot, and now we need to celebrate the violence because it's traditional, it's historical, <laughs> it's traditional political communication. And anybody who is against traditional political communication must surely be an ignorant, ignorant person. Unfucking believable. Um, I do have a video here that I wanted to show you. A couple of videos here. How are we going for time? Yeah, we've got time. Um, where is it? Where did I put this? Where did I put my video? And don't worry, we'll do a few. Let me show you this one first. This, ladies and gentlemen, is um, liberal economics professor of politics, Mark Blythe. I have played this video before. This video came out in 2016 before Donald Trump won the election. And I think it came out before the Brexit vote. It may have been just after the Brexit vote. I'm not sure. But if you want um, an accurate explanation for the kind of discontentment you're seeing around the Western world, because it's not just the United States, it's everywhere. Here is an accurate one, uh, in my opinion. Mark Blythe, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a few minutes, but I'll, I'll show you. and let You tell me what you think. Well, here, here's the thing. My, my side is I'm very pro-European, but I'm against the euro. So if I still lived in the United Kingdom... And by the way, he's in the, he's in the United States now. He lectures at Brown University. I would have an interesting choice. So if you look at Larry Elliott in The Guardian, Larry has, uh, has said that uh, he thinks he should vote for exit because this might be the existential crisis that blows up the euro. Now, why would you want to blow up the euro? Because that will be terrible, etc., etc. Because the long-run effect of the euro is going to be to drive Western European wages down to Eastern European levels in global competition for export share with the Chinese. That's one interpretation as to where this all goes. 
And that's going to be fine for the Eastern Europeans coming up. It's going to be great for very efficient exporters in the north. It's going to be absolutely disaster for France and parts of Italy, if not all of Italy, and certainly for Greece. Now, if you have a system in which one side's running a surplus and the other side isn't allowed to run a deficit because of the rules, the only thing the other side can do is permanently contract their economies to allow someone else to make money selling BMWs. I don't see that ending well. So perhaps it's better to nip it in the bud when you've got the chance. Now, the thing is with Brexit, I don't think that's what the debate's all about. This is Trumpism. Everybody's got a version of it. Trumpism. Trumpism. Remember Donald Trump? Yeah. Right, okay. So well, here's what I mean by Trumpism. For the past 25 years, particularly the centre-left, has told the bottom 60% of the, of the income distribution in the country the following story. Globalisation is good for you. It's awesome. It's really great. And we're going to sign these trade agreements. Don't worry, there'll be compensation. It'll be fine. You'll all end up as computer programmers. It'll be fantastic, right? Learn to and code, by the way, right? we don't really care because we're all going to move to the middle because that's where the voters are. And they're the people with money and they're the ones that we really care about. So you get this shift under Schroeder. You get the same thing under Blair to New Labour, whatever. And you make that move. And you basically take the bottom 30% of the income distribution and say, we don't care what happens to you. You're now something to be policed. You're now something to have uh, your behaviours change. <laughs> How much can you see of that happening? Both political parties move to the middle, fight for the middle, so much so that the differences between them are barely noticeable anymore, right? And the bottom 30% of the income earners, you're now something to be policed. You're, you're, to, you're to have your behaviours changed, Right? In your, in your communities, how much do we talk about the constant programming that people are being subjected to in the Western world today? And, like, you know, like you can say that it's a cynical example, but I'll use it again. Look at coronavirus. Stand on the X. Go in this door. Come out that door. Eyes down. Speak behind the glass. Make sure you take a number here. Download the app. Register your fucking name. Make sure you, you follow all of these little guidelines. Two people on the beach, not, not three. Only four people in a car. You can only have 10 people in a room. Blah, 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 blah. 20% at the restaurant. You are now something to be policed. Winning TV with a diamond. When factories closed in droves 20 plus years ago, it wasn't that long ago where you could support a family of like four children, a car, uh, pay off a mortgage with one blue collar middle like one lower middle class blue collar wage. That no longer exists. That dynamic does not exist anymore. Either we don't really care because we're all going to move to the middle because that's where the voters are and they're the people with money and they're the ones that we really care about. So you get this shift under Schroeder, you get the same thing under Blair to New Labour, whatever, and you make that move and you basically take the bottom thirty percent of the income distribution and say we don't care what happens to you. You're now something to be policed. You're now something to have uh, your behaviours changed. We're going to nudge you into better patterns, as the Americans like to say. It's a very paternalist, very patronising relationship. This is no longer the warm embrace of social democracy, arm in arm with solidarity with the working classes. They're there to be policed and excluded in their housing estates so that you feel safe in your neighbourhoods, so that you can have your private schools, there they have their public schools, which you don't really want to pay taxes for anymore. So once this has evolved over 20 years, you have this revolt not just against Brexit. It's not about the EU. It's about the elites. It's about the 1%. It's about the fact that your parties that were meant to serve your interests have sold you down the river. Yeah, they're all the same. Think how ridiculous this is. Think of the Scottish independence thing, right? So these guys vote to stay in. 
Because the entire British establishment links arm in arm and says, don't do it. And you've got to wonder why, because ultimately, who's going to get hurt if they do it? People with money. So they're saying, don't do this, right? So, okay, they go, all right, then, we won't do it, right? So then this, the SNP, the anti-austerity party, are in there like, aye, well, we didn't win that, but, you know, we're still in power, great, on you go. Okay, so what happens next? Well, if apparently, if there's going to be a Brexit vote and to get out, then the Scots are going to vote to get back in. Okay, this is fun, right? So you're going to give up George Osborne, who's an austerity chancellor, for who? Dr. Schaubler. So your nice little Scottish welfare state is going to be really well protected by the tender embrace of the Germans. How's that working out for the Greeks? Not really, not right. Really. People aren't thinking this one through. This is basically a revolt against technocracy. It is a revolt against governance by unrepresented, unelected, undemocratic elites. And having had a government where every single district in your country says no chance, 61% say no chance, and then the result is we're going to do it anyway. You're basically proving to people that democracy is irrelevant. So this is global Trumpism. And at the end, it's a no-win scenario. I mean, well, it's a no-win scenario until basically elites figure out that at the end of the day, as I like to say to my American hedge fund friends, the Hamptons is not a defensible position. <laughs> the Hamptons are a very rich area on Long Island that lie on low-lying beaches. Very hard to defend a low-lying beach. Eventually, people will come for you. <laughs> that exactly that last line right there is everything as i like to say to my hedge fund friends the hamptons is not a defensible position eventually people will come for you they're looting they're looting the fucking stores they're burning police cars my personal opinion i tend to think it's less about race than people make it to, out to be and it's more about economics. And it's more about um, people having the ability to climb the economic ladder or not. And what he said there, like the history of the last 25 years or so, the centre-left, 100% on the money. Hey, it's, globalism's going to be great. You're either going to be a computer programmer or you'll be working in hotels for rich Chinese businessmen, turning their beds, washing their bath towels. You'll all be working in resorts. If you're not smart enough to become a programmer, uh, if you're not smart enough to learn to code, then you'll be working in the resort for the wealthy people. And then the factories start closing and the middle-class jobs start going out. Like one of the greatest injustices that the union movement has perpetrated on the Western world in the last 30 to 40 years is the fact that they were on board with a lot of the globalization moving factories overseas. And now you see union movements doing what? getting on board with uh, racial protests. Why? Because it draws attention away from them dropping the fucking ball for their own working class constituents, selling them down the river. So the union movement has a lot to fucking answer for, as does pretty much everyone else who's been in any kind of position of power over the last four or five decades in the West. But never mind all that. <clears throat> Maybe it's just about race. I love this tweet. In fact, I'm going to give it a like right here. Thank you very much. I love this tweet. This is a serious question. <clears throat> I don't know who Karen Attia is. He, global Opinions, Washington Post, okay? A global writer for the Washington Post, of course. This is a serious question. Why are white men like this so angry? <laughs> white men are at the top of the country's racial caste system. What is the reason for the hatred? Let's have a look at an angry white man. 
who is obviously to blame for all of the current violence and looting that you see right now. Black Lives Matter, fuck you! Fuck you! Yes. Peaceful! 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 Look, he's angrily saying things. He's angrily saying things to people. Surely this is the root of the problem right here. Forget about the economic stuff. Forget about the traditional political classes selling you down the river. Forget about all that. That's that's conspiracy theory, man. This right here, this is the reason. Angry white old guy. What a menace. Exactly. He's a menace. Definitely a menace to society, this guy. Uh, She continues, We've seen so many videos this week of violent white men. (laughs) So many videos of violent white guys. So many of them. You could see there he was batting away one of the signs, as violent white men tend to do. This is why the Karens and the Amy Coopers of the world are so dangerous. White ladies, you're not out of the fucking ringer yet. We're going to put the blowtorch under your backside now because you're to blame for the angry white men. I don't know if you know this or not. White, when white women feel threatened or inconvenienced by black people, our allies and our allies, they can call violent white men to come and fuck us up. <clears throat> it is the white women, ladies and gentlemen, who are to blame for what's happening because you see the white women feel threatened by black people. And then the white women call the angry white men to fuck up said black people, apparently. I don't know if you knew this or not. (laughs) Never mind the fact that the white women as a voting block tend to, more often than not, in the range of something like 65%, tend to vote for uh, the Elizabeth Warrens, the Kamala Harris's, the Cory Booker's, right? The progressive politicians amongst us. It is white women overwhelmingly support progressive politics. That's not good enough. You see, the white women, the white women are controlling the violent, angry white men. <coughs> now, how this works for the incel argument, I'm not sure. Yeah, I saw that, Dick Ritchie in the chat. Joe Rogan said the white kids with skateboards were the ones causing the trouble. It must be true. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Winning TV, the diamond said, here's to the six blacks killed by mythical joggers. It's all the white guy's fault. Uh, I really don't understand it. I'm like, the whole world was set up to favour them. The whole world. (laughs) Uh, Cindy Mac, thank you for the diamond, Cindy Mac. Mm -hmm. I did have another video here that I want to get to. I want to show you. Is this the one? I had a Chris Cuomo one ready to go. Where is my Chris Cuomo video? Come on, Chris, show yourself, damn it. I just can't find him. Is this it? This is great, great, great radio, by the way, of course. Because Chris Cuomo came out and said basically that um, if you attack the violent protesters, 
then you're effectively be, you're you're being a white supremacist, which was fucking amazing. Uh, <laughs> tell you what, um, let's do this one. I don't know if you've seen this story. NYPD officer appears to make white power sign at protest, prompting probe. Yep. Let me show you the video of the officer making a white power symbol. Amberlina with the diamond. Come on out, Fredo. Yeah, we're looking for him. I'll find him. Don't worry. Uh, let's try this. Tell you what I'll do. I know, I know how I'll fix this. Ladies and gentlemen, please bear with me for a moment. It's a shame when you accidentally close... Li- um, because it, it's a shame when you accidentally close tabs because I feel like this one would just fit nice and snug into what we're discussing here. Okay, looking, looking, looking. Come on, Chris, where are you? Show yourself, sir. Show yourself. He's hiding from us. Okay, I think we'll we'll jump with this one. Tell you what. So there's your there's your police officer, by the way, flashing the white power symbol. <laughs> okay, there you go. Now this has had 10 million views, and this has spawned, ladies and gentlemen, a police department probe. Because justice shall be done. You know. Amidst the burning police cars and the rioting and the looting, there's something that we must not allow to take place, and that would be hand symbols, which can be construed as white power symbols. Justice must be done. A video of a uniformed New York City police officer appearing to make a white power symbol at a George Floyd protest Saturday in New York City has prompted an internal review. The video showing the officer making the apparent okay hand gesture touching the thumb and the index finger to make a circle (laughs) with the remaining three fingers outstretched was posted to social media over the weekend. NBC, listen to this, listen to this. NBC News is not publishing or linking to the video to avoid providing a platform to apparent expressions of hate or white supremacy. Yes! Come on now! Huh? (laughs) <laughs> Do you remember the days when the news wouldn't post things like, I don't know, like violent murder scenes, uh, violent crimes, right? You know, bad things happening to children, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> this is bullshit with the diamond. It says, Fredo and Andrew give each other internal reviews. <laughs> so that that was once upon a time. Now they won't show that clip that I just showed you of a guy just doing this on the street, right? <laughs> they will not show it because why? Again, that this is amazing to me. This is a news outlet, by the way. NBC News is not publishing or linking to the video to avoid providing a platform to apparent expressions of hate or white supremacy. Wow. 
there's also that unfortunate thing that could arise. You may be providing a platform to a whole bunch of people who see the clip and go, yeah, it's not that bad. Really? Is this what we're upset about? We wouldn't want to do that either, I suspect. In my cynical little bitter and twisted brain, I suspect that also may be a motivation for not linking to it. But, of course, that's only something that a horrible, horrible bigot would say. And we don't support bigots here on the show. The OK gesture has been used by people around the world for centuries. Listen, they describe their own hoaxing here. (laughs) It's really breathtaking. The OK gesture has been used by people around the world for centuries, typically to signal consent, according to the Anti-Defamation League. Recently, the hand gesture, the hand signal, has also been appropriated to represent the letters W and P to signify white power, stemming from a hoax in 2017 by members of the website 4chan, an anonymous and unrestricted online message board, the ADL says. Yes. They are literally explaining in their own article that it was a hoax designed by 4chan to make people think it was a white power symbol. They are writing this on their own story about This is directly after the quote that they won't show it because they don't want to give a platform to white supremacy. In the very next paragraph, it was started in 2017 as a hoax. (laughs) They admit it's a hoax, yes. They admit it's a hoax, but it's still not a hoax at the same time. I, I... What do you even do at this point? How can you have a how can you have a coherent conversation with somebody who simultaneously believes that a hoax is not a hoax? <laughs> oh yeah, it was a hoax, but it's real. You mean it's a real hoax? No, no, it's a hoax, but it's real. It was a hoax to make everybody think that that symbol means white power. But see this guy flashing it? He's doing a white power symbol. You mean the thing that's a hoax? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what to. I don't even know what to do with you. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to you. I can't believe that they did this. <laughs> At the Saturday demonstration in New York City's Union Square, the officer what made made what appeared to be the gesture into the camera sight of a rapper, China Mac, who was recording himself at the protest. Another man nearby recorded the incident and provided a copy of his footage to NBC News. He requested anonymity out of fear of retribution from, I'm, from I assume, from the white supremacists. <laughs> China Mac, a Brooklyn-born rapper whose real name is I'm not going to post his real name because I don't want to I don't want him to be targeted. Posted the viral clip on Instagram where it has been viewed more than sixty thousand times. So there's a viral clip going around of white officers throwing up the white power sign he captioned in the Instagram post. I was taking a picture for my YouTube live thumbnail and the two officers photobombed it throwing up their signs. What do y'all think about that? Well, I think if I'm reading the article correctly, it was a hoax started by 2017 to convince perhaps, you know, slower individuals that the OK sign is a white power sign when it's not. That's what I think (laughs) about that. That's all I got to say about that. Oh, we found Cuomo, ladies and gentlemen. 
We found Chris Cuomo. So there's the there's the uh, officers throwing up the white power sign. Yes, here we go. Yes. We found Chrissy. It's okay. <clears throat> Let's see what Chris Cuomo has to say about the rioting and the looting and the whatnots, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that Chiron. Look at that stunning Chiron right there. America needs a new normal. How long have we been talking about the new fucking normal on this show, huh? The new normal. Oh, the new normal. The new normal. How can we get back to normal? Well, it's not going to be normal. We need a new normal. We have to get ready for the new normal, ladies and gentlemen. Well, now they're just openly plastering it all over their broadcasts. <laughs> we need a new normal. We're begging for the new normal. Fuck the old normal. <laughs> okay, let's see what Chris has got to say. I say again, in America, people don't have to protest. In America, in America, you'll get the money. And only the... In America, first you'll get the power, then you'll get the women, then you'll get the money ways that Trump and his followers like. What they call peaceful means passive. Be quiet. Go home. Passive people don't find progress. Now, you have to ask. Just let that settle in for a moment, shall we? This is Bullshit with a Diamond says, Fredo tweaks Andrew's nipple rings, but only on special occasions. That's right. Passive people, passive people don't win. A peaceful protest is akin to a passive protest and passive people don't get what they want. <laughs> Kitty V in the chat. Would be hilarious if a brick hit him in the face as he said that. <laughs> Remember the article we showed you just before? Where is it? No form of protest is considered acceptable. People shaming the current uprisings are deliberately misinterpreting American protest history. Chris Cuomo, ladies and gentlemen, passive means go home. Passive people don't get what they want. So I guess the lesson here is, like fascist hippies onto it, I guess the lesson here is don't be passive. I guess the lesson here is do whatever you have to do. To get their attention. Oh, Chris. And Chris is the kind of guy who will act all shocked and outraged when people say, aren't you fanning the flames of rioters and looters, though? Aren't you soft-promoting violence as a political message, Chris? Don't be ridiculous. Don't be insane. That's fake news. Fuck you. Hey, listen here, buddy. I'll throw you down the fucking stairs, okay? You say some shit like that to me, punks on the right call me Fredo. You know that, huh? I'll throw you down the fucking stairs. I don't promote violence. <laughs> hey, don't be passive. Set fire to that building. It's the only way you'll get what you want. <laughs> Overturn that police car. It's the only way you'll get the job done. You want people to listen to you, don't you? You're going to have to be aggressive. I say again, in America, people don't have to protest in only the ways that Trump and his followers like. With but <laughs> but weren't you saying last, weren't you saying only a couple of weeks ago, Chris, that the way Trump and his followers were protesting was wrong? Surely we can find a clip of that. Surely we can find a clip. 
Let's have a little look here. We're doing it live. We're doing it on the fly. Okay, we'll do. We'll go with Chris Eliza. Same network. Honestly, I'm starting to forget what it's like to wear a pair of pants without a drawstring waistband, and I don't mind it. There is such a fine line between clever and stupid. That's immortal rock god David St. Hubbins in a great quote. And it's that quote that keeps running through my mind as I watch the increasing number of protests across the country against what some believe to be too strict quarantine guidelines issued by governors. Remember, you don't have to protest just the way Trump and his supporters want you to protest. You can protest however you want. And remember, passive protests don't get anything done. Passive protesters don't win to slow the spread of coronavirus. Remember that. So are these protests organic expressions of legitimate unhappiness over government overreach into people's lives, even amid a highly transmissible... No, these passive protests you're looking at here, these are the problem. ...global pandemic? Or are they dangerous incitements by manipulating protesters who are risking their lives and others <laughs> with their actions? <laughs> yes! Bullseye! I had no, I didn't have that clip brought up. Like I did I just I went into YouTube and I I put into the YouTube search bar something like Trump lockdown protest uh Chris Cuomo. And this is the first one that came up. It's not Cuomo, it's Chris Eliza. So we got the Chris, right? Trump lockdown protest Chris. <laughs> the first fucking video we found. So, <laughs> so hang on. Let's hear it one more time from Chris Eliza. Chris, what's the conundrum here with people protesting the lockdowns? Governors to slow the spread of coronavirus. Okay. So are these protests organic expressions of legitimate unhappiness or, over government overreach into people's lives, or, even amid a highly transmissible global pandemic? Yep. Or are they dangerous incitements by manipulating protesters okay. who are risking their lives and others with their actions? Are they dangerous incitements risking their lives and others being manipulated uh, are they risking their lives with their actions? Now let's go back to Chris Cuomo, ladies and gentlemen. In only the ways that Trump... <laughs> this is so I fucking perfect. Again. In America, people don't have to protest in only the ways that Trump <laughs> and his followers <laughs> like. Yeah. What they call peaceful means passive. Be quiet. Go home. Pass no, 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 Chris, Chris. Um, you're mistaken. What's what they call peaceful, you call dangerous, manipulated, risking the lives of themselves and others. That's what you call it. They call it peaceful, but they don't call peaceful passive. They maybe they do call peaceful passive, but you call their peaceful protests dangerous, extreme, violent, manipulated, risking the lives of themselves and others. <laughs> I just, I just want to put a question out to the chat. Maybe you can help me out here. I'm not sure. Can you please give me the correct information? Because I, on this occasion, I'm going to lean on the collective wisdom of the audience. Um, during the anti-lockdown protests, okay, you remember the anti-lockdown protests? Can you please just give me some raw numbers here, some raw data? How many buildings were burnt down? How many stores were looted? How many people were, you know kicked to death in the street? How many former police uh, chiefs were shot in the street protecting TVs? Can you give me that number, please? I'll give you a minute. A number for each category, if you could. 
Because remember, those anti-lockdown protesters who have this idea that it's peaceful were in actuality manipulated, violent extremists who were risking the lives of themselves and others by being out there. So just as a little comparison, because remember, these protests that are happening now with the burning and the looting and the death and whatnot, that's fine. We don't want peaceful. We don't want passive because you know what? Passive people just don't get what they want. It, it appears to me. So if I could just have a little number from you, how many people were killed during the lockdown protests, if you could? Okay, I'm seeing a lot of zeros in the chat. Are you sure? Are you sure? I mean, you know, I'm not going to doubt you, but have you really done your home? Have you really done your research here? Are you sure that it was zero? Are you sure that there was zero cop cars being burnt during the lockdown protests? Are you sure there was zero lootings? Are you sure that there was zero police chiefs shot in the face during the lockdown protests? I don't know. It seems weird to me. It seems strange that CNN arbiters of truth warriors of the truth as they are it seems strange that they would refer to one set of protests as this legitimate unhappiness over government overreach into people's lives even amid a highly transmissible global pandemic or are they dangerous incitements by manipulating protesters who are risking their lives and others with their actions it would seem strange that they would refer to the lockdown protests as that and then have this to say about the current protests, which we have seen quite obviously have resulted in looting, rioting, and in some unfortunate cases, death. I can only hope that George is looking down saying what a wonderful thing is happening, of course. But in many cases, this has not gone, you know, smoothly at all. I say again, in America... People don't have to protest in only the ways okay. that Trump and his followers uh -oh. like. Uh -oh. What they call peaceful yeah. means passive. passive. Be quiet. Be quiet. Go home. Passive people don't find progress. <laughs> Let's carry on, shall we? Now, you have to ask, is that why Trump wants these people to be passive? To just go home? so things can stay as they are. The ones doing violence to our quest for a perfect union are those who ignore what's happening on our streets and making the symptoms more important than the illness wow. that brought people to the streets wow. in the first place. People are outraged with good reason. The truth is it's not on them to make Trump or his followers feel comfortable about their distress. They should blame leaders for inequalities and shame them into doing better. See their massive shame. numbers. See yes, their eyes. Yes, see this their This president eyes. may play to certain people's anger, but his goal seems to begin and end with himself. Of course, Obama of was course, Of a course, Don's there. <laughs> of course, Don's there. <laughs> Passively agreeing with whatever's said. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor land is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor land is impossible to eat. 
Uh, Henry St. George Tucker Bumper in the chat was asking for a tweetable clip. I'll tell you what, we'll do one right now. Let's do it live on the show, but then we'll pretend like it was organic for Twitter. What do you reckon? <laughs> we'll do a live clip. So I've got, what, like two minutes to play with for a Twitter video? Okay. Let me find the exact moment. Amid a highly transmissible global pandemic? Or okay. <clears throat> Let's loosen up here. Let's do a two-minute Twitter clip, shall we? Um... So you might be at home right now <clears throat> asking yourself, why is it the current protests and the current riots and the current looting are getting soft promotion from members of the corporate press when only a few weeks ago there are a whole range of protests which were being described as this? Transmissible global pandemic? Or are they dangerous incitements by manipulating protesters who are risking their lives and others with their actions? Well, because risking your lives and risking the lives of others, dangerous, manipulated, violent protests like the ones we saw from all of those Trump-loving white supremacists only a few weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen. We have to nip that in the bud. We can't allow that to continue. Luckily for us, the good Chris Cuomo from the same network as Chris Eliza, CNN, has this message for the protesters uh, protesting out there on the streets right now. I say again, in America... People don't have to protest in only the ways that Trump and his followers like. Oh. What they call peaceful means passive. Oh. Be quiet. Go home. No, no, no. I thought what they call peaceful was violent, manipulated, putting, their li putting the lives of themselves and others at risk. <laughs> I, apparently, I was wrong. Passive people don't find progress. Oh. Now, you have to ask, is that why Trump wants these people to be passive, to just go home. <laughs> passive people do not find progress. Remember those lockdown laws, ladies and gentlemen? They were violent, dangerous, manipulated, risking the lives of themselves and others. <clears throat> I wonder if they found progress. How many people died during those protests? Passive people don't get what they want. That's the lesson here for all of us. And cut. <laughs> there you go. That was, you were part of the live studio audience here on the Daily Boogie. We just we just made a little Twitter video. I think it was in the two minutes. I think it was in two minutes and 20 seconds. There you go. But that's just a secret between you and me, boogers. That's just a secret between us. So you, you had to be here for the live show to know that we made that little Twitter clip. So I'll clip that out after the show at some time and I'll tweet it out. End scene. Star wiped fade. Star wiped to credits. <laughs> Why would you use any other wipe if you have a star wipe? Uh, let's do this one. We're, we're going a little bit over time. Let's do this one before we head out, ladies and gentlemen. Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints quarterback. He had some things to say about protesting. As we all know now, thanks to Chris Cuomo, Passive protesters do not get what they want. So Drew Brees had a little bit to say about kneeling. And it didn't really work out in Drew's favour. And Drew had to come out and eat his words and tuck his tail down between his legs and apologise. Not once, but twice. 
A big apology today from New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees, who stirred up controversy over his remarks about... <laughs> Thank you for the diamond-winning TV. This has been a Boogie stand production. <laughs> ...taking a knee on the sidelines. As Lestrant reports, some of his teammates are among those accusing Brees of being tone-deaf. Tone-deaf. New Orleans Saints star quarterback Drew Brees is getting slammed for comments about players taking a knee during the national anthem. I will never agree with anybody. Um... The thing I love about this is we're all for people having their voice heard. Right? We want people to have their voice heard. You should have your voice heard. You should be free to uh, express how you feel because we believe free. We love freedom. How can you be against people having their voice heard? Well, what if that voice happens to be coming out of a white asshole's mouth and he's saying things we don't like? Well, then that's kind of different. It's kind of like the peaceful protest scenario all over again, isn't it? They're asking for peaceful. What that means is passive. It means go home. You know, peaceful people don't get what they want. You better not be too peaceful. <laughs> Otherwise, there will be no progress. Chris Cuomo, ladies and gentlemen. I should, I should play the rest of that fucking Cuomo clip just to see if he redeemed himself. So things can stay as they are. The ones doing violence to our quest for a perfect union. Our are quest. those who ignore what's happening on our streets. But who's ignoring what's happening on the street, Chris? <laughs> right? I see a whole bunch of people not ignoring what's happening on the street. Like, for example, look, here's a woman being beaten half to death with a lump of two by four. Look, here's another car being set on fire. Look, here's another store being looted. Look, here's another guy getting the shit kicked out of him. There's a whole bunch of people pointing to what's happening. They're not ignoring it. The ones I see ignoring it are the ones that are saying, you know what, if you're too peaceful, they'll fuck you in the ass. So keep burning shit. That that seems to be the side that's, you know, more or less uh, doing the turning the blind eye thing, right? There's, there's no violence. What are you talking about? There's no violence here. Whose streets? Our streets. <laughs> what a crew to chat. And making the symptoms more important than the illness yep. that brought people to the streets in the first place. People are yep. outraged with good reason. Outraged. The truth is it's not on them to make Trump or his followers feel comfortable about their distress. Oh. They should blame leaders for inequalities and shame them into doing better. See their massive numbers. See their eyes. Mm -hmm. This president may play to certain people's anger, but his goal seems to begin and end with himself. Certain of course people's Obama anger. was able to articulate who we are at our best. Uh. He knows it. He's educated. He's a leader. And he pushed for progress. And, 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 and how wonderfully it worked out. Because, of course, Donald Trump only won the election because everything went so well under Barack Obama, right? There's a very simple point I try to explain to people who claim that Barack Obama was so good and so amazing and blah, 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 blah. And actually it points to the point that we were making before with Mark Blythe. Lucifer Sam, who gets a lot of criticism from people who are like on the fringe of this audience, you say, he's a fucking Democrat. Fuck it. Yeah, he is a Democrat. He's one of the only Democrats that you will ever hear say that Barack Obama did a fucking terrible job and Nancy Pelosi is a piece of shit. He's one of those Democrats, you know, reasonable people. So remember, Barack Obama bailed out all of the banks and all of the richest people in the world. So this is a very simple question I give to uh, people who claim that Barack Obama can do no wrong and he was fucking perfect. It, because the, the nice-sounding speeches are only nice-sounding speeches at the end of the day. And when 
looting is happening and bricks are being thrown through windows and Molotov cocktails are setting fire to police cars. Nobody remembers the nice sounding speeches. Nobody hears the nice, we need unity, not not disunity. We need to come together. We need to move forwards, not backwards. Nobody remembers that bullshit when it matters. So to people who say Barack Obama can do no wrong, I say, great. And, and he did such a wonderful job. It was great. He, it was, there was so much progress under Barack Obama. Remember, he had a whole bunch of race riots too, incidentally. But we like to pretend like that didn't happen, right? We pretend that that didn't exist under Barack Obama, the riots and the looting and the burning of cities and whatnot. But let's put that to one side. Barack Obama did such a wonderful job for everybody and brought so much progress. Great. Why did Donald Trump win then? Why did Donald Trump get a single vote if everything was going so well? If everything was going so well for everybody and working out in everybody's favour, why did the one guy who made speeches about, you know, jobs going overseas, industry going overseas, immigration, why did that guy win? Honest question. Because it would seem to me, as an outside observer looking in, that if everything was progressing nicely and everything was going the way it should and that everyone was going better and everything was getting better and everyone was going well and he brought so much progress, then it would seem to me that it's a little strange that anybody would vote for a guy that was, you know, running against that legacy. Maybe I'm the idiot here. Uh, let's get back to Drew Brees, shall we? In this self-cucking extravaganza, just goes to sh- just goes to show what I've said before. Um, <clears throat> these football players and sports stars and celebrities, uh, this is how they get roped in, cajoled, and coerced into accepting the line, into into accepting the agenda. Because on the odd occasion they do step out and say, "Well, you know what? I don't think it's right to kneel for the Ameri- uh, for the American anthem. That's uh, I can't support that." You watch, they get punished. And a lot of them can't take the punishment. So. Drew Brees is getting slammed, slammed for comments about players taking a knee. And look at, like, this is the funny part for me. They're promoting the slamming of the guy. They're saying it's right. It's correct to slam this guy. It's correct to call him a piece of shit. Fuck him. You know what I mean? It's not, here's one guy's opinion. Make of it what you will. That's not good enough. No, no, no. He's getting slammed. Hey, jump on board. Jump, pile on. Be part of this outrage machine. Come on. We've got another fucking bigot over here. Let's go. Let's get him. Let's chase him into the cornfield. <laughs> right? <laughs> During the national anthem. I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag Boo. of the United States of America. Boo. He's being called insensitive because his remarks in an interview on Yahoo. Because that's the real crime here, being insensitive. Who? <laughs> came during worldwide protests over the death of George Floyd. Yeah, he's being called insensitive because his comments about how he loves the American flag and it makes him think of his two grandfathers who fought in World War II, he made those comments during protests, so therefore he's a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played, and when I look at the the flag of the United States, I envision my two grandfathers 
who fought for this country during World War II. Obviously, they were white supremacists. Come on, Drew. Whoopi Goldberg reacted. Whoopi Goldberg reacted. (laughs) (laughs) What? Tell us what you think, Whoopi. Come on now. You can sort of connect. Yeah. You know, getting on a knee if you want to Uh, with the military and all that, but that's not what this is about. (laughs) But he he didn't. (laughs) He said when he. Winning TV with a diamond. Uh, he says, Mersh says, double down, never apologize. He blew it. Yeah, a lot of people say double down. Never apologize is standard. Never, ever apologize. Like, And I'm not saying like in everyday life. Obviously, if you're a dick to somebody and you don't mean it or something like that, of course, you know, oh, fuck, sorry, man, I didn't mean that. That's fine. But in these kinds of scenarios, no, never. But, hey, there's, there's a whole bunch of pressure for these guys that doesn't exist. Like, you know, Average normal people, like, it's funny. The more you have, the more you can lose. You know what I mean? The more you have, the more you have to lose. I've made this point before. There's only two ways that you can do whatever you want legitimately. The only two ways that you can do whatever you want is to have so much fuck you money that it makes no difference. Like, they can't hurt you at all. And I don't think Drew Brees is at, he's probably a multi, 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 multi millionaire. He wouldn't be high enough on the ladder. <clears throat> I mean, like, uber fuck you money. Not uber, not the kind of fuck you money you make delivering food. <laughs> I mean, uber is in the, in, in the German interpretation of very much of. So uber fuck you money or no money at all. You either have to be right at the top of the food chain or right at the bottom of the food chain. Anybody in that middle part has something to lose that they don't want to lose. If you're right at the top and you've got that, that you know, piles of fuck you money, you can say and do whatever you like. Nobody can hurt you. And if you've got nothing to lose right at the bottom of the food chain, there's, you can say and do whatever you like and there's nothing they can do to hurt you, like in terms of social pressure and stuff. But if you're in, in the middle part, the sponsors start calling you. The fucking the, the guy that the the company that you have a shoe deal with calls you up and says, "Hey, we're really concerned about these comments you made." The shirt manufacturer, the fucking cologne guy, calls you. The cereal guy calls you. Your agent calls you and says, "Well, you really need to put out a statement because we're losing sponsors here, left, right, and center." Uh, the team calls you and says, "Look, we're this is New Orleans here. You can't be saying this kind of thing. You know, we stand in solidarity." Blah 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 just getting a mountain of phone calls and he decides you know what it's not worth the effort it's not it's too much trouble whatever just here write me a statement and i'll fucking sign it because i've got too much to lose i don't want to lose my sponsorship deals i don't want to lose my contract i don't want to lose my agent i don't want to lose blah 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 blah. now if you're at the top of the food chain you can say yeah fuck you so what i want what are you going to do and if you're at the bottom of the food chain, you're going to be like, what, are you going to kick me out of my one-bedroom apartment here? Go fuck yourself. I don't care. You know what I mean? But anyone else in between, the more you have, the more you have to lose. And that's the soft spot. Everybody's got a soft spot. GMA's TJ Holmes found Breeze tone deaf. Drew Breeze has deaf. worked with these players for years, and he still doesn't seem to get the point. Doesn't LeBron get it. James had this to say. He doesn't just agree with us, so fuck him. 
wow, man, you literally still don't understand why Cap was kneeling on one knee. Kneeling on one knee. <laughs> LeBron James, ladies and gentlemen. Has absolutely nothing to do with the disrespect of flag of United States and our soldiers, men and women, who keep our land free. And Bree's teammate Malcolm Jenkins was brought to tears. The whole country is on fire. Everybody's crying The first now. thing that you do is criticize. I don't want to see big burly footballers fucking crying either. Size one's peaceful protest. Thursday morning, Breeze issued a lengthy apology. A lengthy accompanied apology. Accompanied by an image of a black and white hand clasped in unity. It breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused. So... He, he issued a lengthy apology, which he put on video. Notice how they only show the video of his original comments and then don't show the video of the apology. Why would that be the case? Seems a little disingenuous. <laughs> so even if you do come out and apologize, they're not going to give that the... They're not going to give that anywhere close to the same amount of coverage that they gave the original indiscretion, which you shouldn't even be apologising for in the first place. You make a comment on Instagram, they'll play that constantly, rolling, 24 hours a day. You make another video 12 hours later apologising for that comment. What? He apologised? Did he? Where? Where did he do that? I didn't see that. I didn't see that. But one apology wasn't enough for Drew. One was not enough. He had to come out and apologise again. He had to put out a new apology. Because as you know, when you when you apologise... I've, I've spoken about this before, right? The demanding of apologies in politics is not about making somebody feel better. It's not about redressing some kind of injustice. It's all about power. And if people still don't understand this dynamic, then there's nothing I can do to help you. I know you guys, for the most part, understand it. Of course. But so many people don't. It has nothing to do with making people feel better. If you want an example of this, look to any of these occasions. Look at Laura Ingram, for example, right? So a couple of years ago, she made the comments about uh, David Hogg and schooling and blah, blah, blah. The internet was alight with people demanding apologies. You have to apologize. You have to apologize. Say you're sorry. This is unfair. You shouldn't say this, blah, 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 blah. She goes, okay, you know what? It was wrong. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that. It was the wrong thing to say. Now, do you think that the response to that is going to be, thank you, I understand. You know, we all say dumb things from time to time. You know, thank you for apologizing. I feel better now. Of course not. What's the response? Fucker, we're going after responses anyway. If the demanding of apologies was to redress some kind of injustice, it would end at the apology, but it never ends at the apology. The demanding of apologies in a political context is all about putting power over somebody. It's saying to somebody, I have the power to make you denounce your own words and you will do it. I have this power over you. I will decide what you can say. I will decide what you can't say. And from now on, you know that you can only say things that I approve of because I have control over you. I have power over you. That's what the point of demanding apologies is. Exactly. It's a flex. Jim N-word in the chat. I have the power to make you denounce your own speech. Watch me.
And from here on out, you will cower. You will second guess yourself. You won't, you won't know. And I, I, will, I might just jump on anything. I'll decide. You belong to me. Your ass belongs to me. And in the future, whatever you think you have a right to say, I'll make the decision. I'll, I'll decide on that. Thank you very much. Because I have the power over you to control your speech. It's all about power and control. It's about reining people in and putting them in pens of acceptable opinion. And if they stray out of the pen of allowable thought, they get slaughtered. And like I said, there's only two kinds of people who can avoid it. People with uh, so much money that you can't take it off them and people with zero money so they have nothing to lose. Let's see Drew Brees having to, having to make a second apology because obviously he did the first one and people were like, not good enough, Drew. Not good enough, mate. I'll, I'll decide. I don't, think, I don't think I accept your first apology. Why? I want you to continue apologizing now. Constantly. In fact, we're going to make you our new apology pinup boy. We're going to make you the, po- the pinup boy for the NFL's white guilt movement. How about that? But I didn't. I didn't. I don't want to be the pinup boy. Too bad, Drew. From now on, you say what we say you should say, and nothing else. And if you st- if you stray outside what we want you to say, we're going to do this to you again, and again, and again, and again. You belong to us now. Welcome, welcome to the world of activism, Drew. That you didn't even know that you were a part of, but now you're up there on the pedestal. You're just another head on the wall. Of the activist, you know, Hunter Lodge. Isn't it wonderful? No, there's not much that I can say that would make things any better right now. A visibly somber Drew Brees. Visibly somber. He has to show his regret. To his teammates and legions of fans. I just want you to see in my eyes how sorry I am for the comments that I made yesterday. I know that it hurt many people, especially friends. You hurt everybody, Drew. Former teammates. Yep. Loved ones. Yep. People that I you made the world a far people. worse place to you. The Saints star quarterback referring to this Wednesday interview with Yahoo Finance. I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United how States. Da- of how dare you have your Bruce own said view. players shouldn't protest police brutality and racial injustice during the national anthem. But after fierce backlash from fellow fierce teammates backlash. and other athletes like LeBron James, Breeze posted this apology on Instagram. And right now in you part, belong to them. I stand with the black community against systemic racial injustice and police brutality. I am sick about the way my comments were perceived yesterday, <laughs> but I take full responsibility. Full responsibility. It comes as some big NFL stars banded together to release a video about the Black Lives Matter movement overnight. Gypsy with the diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Gypsy says, I bet he breathes through his pussy. <laughs> what if I was George Floyd? If I was George Floyd? What if I was George Floyd? 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 Great first apology, not good enough for some athletes. Not good enough. Like former player Booger McFarland, who appeared to mock him. I'm sorry for the way that America is crucifying me. I'm not sorry for what I said. Got it. It'll never be good enough, Drew. Especially not now. Especially not now that they know. They can click their fingers. And you'll dance. 
the way they want you to. And like, I, I'm, it's not like I don't have sympathy with him. It can be tough. It can be tough having those contract deals, those sponsorship deals. It can be tough living in that world when you have so much to lose and thinking that you have a right to your own speech. <sighs> a harsh lesson learned, perhaps. New York Giant Safety Jabril Peppers writing, No, we heard you the first time. <laughs> so he puts out the second one. And they're like, the second one's not good enough either. Breeze, Thursday, clearly feeling he needed to say more. Got to say again, I need a new apology now, a better apology. I wish I would have laid out what was on my heart in regards to the George Floyd murder. Uh, Ahmaud Arbery. True, true. The years and years of social injustice, police yep. brutality. Yep. It's awful, isn't it? And the need for so much, so much has to change. change. So much. One has thing to that I can vouch about Drew is his actions always follow his word. Priest yep. teammate linebacker Demario Davis telling us overnight that he believes the apology is genuine. And that Breeze is going to put in the work required. Put in the work required. See, now you're an ally. You didn't even fucking know it. <laughs> now, see, that's the other thing. He's going to put in the work required to earn his respect back. He's going to put in the work to make sure that, you know, he proves. So now, now starts the fucking functions. Now starts the charity drives. Now starts the social media campaigns. Because now you've apologized for the second time. Okay, now you've got to put the work in. Now you're going to be an ally for us. It's a it's emotional and moral blackmail, essentially. Like I, I don't know any other way to describe it. Okay, thank you for the apology, Drew. Thank you for the second apology. Now, next week we're going to have a Black Lives Matter um, function, and we want you to be there. Uh, but I really don't want to... Come on, Drew. Do you want to show everyone how you, you were sincere in your apology? Do you want to show everybody that you're on board? We think it's really important for you to make a, an appearance at this thing and talk about how you're in solidarity with the movement, make sure everybody knows that you really didn't mean to be a racist, right? By the way, we're doing a little telethon next week. Uh, we're taking donations for the Black Lives Matter movement. It would be really nice, I think, if you made an appearance, you know, ask for some donations, say that, yes, white people can say bad things sometimes, but, you know, we can all work together to make the world a better place. I think you should be involved in that, Drew. I really do. Because, you know, it's important to prove to people that your apology was genuine. I think you're willing to put the work in now. Now you've been shown how ignorant and awful and bigoted and racist your comments are by everybody else on Twitter. I think you're ready now to become, you know, an ally of the movement and do what we ask of you to make sure the right message gets out there. Hop to it, Brie. Exactly. Monica and chat. Hop to it, Brie. Out you go. Another campaign with your name all over it, pal. And also, yes, and give all your money away as well. Yes. Because you're privileged. <laughs> now you belong to them. Kimmy with the diamond says, I'm getting mad. Do something funny, please. All right, one more video to take us out for today. We've gone over time, ladies and gentlemen. How about this? Our Prime Minister of Australia, Scott Morrison, this will be the last item we do tonight. He decided to give it, we've come up with this job building scheme, uh, another way to throw billions of dollars at a problem that doesn't exist yet. And so this, this uh, pardon me, the, the home builders scheme, billions and billions of dollars for people to build houses. Great. Great. 
So more immigration, hopefully, just around the corner by the sounds of it, but that putting that to one side. <clears throat> so we've got to build all these houses, new houses for people. And as our politicians like to do, they like to head out to the building site. Yes, this is funny. They like to head out to the building site and let you know that they're one of us. I'm a little disappointed that he didn't put on the yellow vest and little hard hat that we like to see our politicians wear, but that's okay. Live and learn, maybe next time. So he went out to a little building site, but so they could get the shot behind him of the building in action, this meant that the press had to stand on somebody else's lawn. And as you can see, comedy ensued. This could only happen in Australia. Reminder, this is the leader of our country right here. This This is our president, for want of a better term. This could only happen in Australia. 10,000 Australians. It's the project that creates the jobs. And uh, the income limits we've put on... Please. Sure. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. But they're giving this little press conference. He's talking about all the jobs that are going to be created and all of the Australians getting jobs. The guy whose lawn they're standing on walks out of his home. He's obviously just whacked on a tracksuit. It looks very early in the morning. It's very chilly down there. And he goes, Oi, oi, get off my lawn. (laughs) It seems nobody checked with the homeowner whether the press gaggle would be allowed to stand on his front lawn or not. Exactly. Get off my lawn. (laughs) Oi, what are you doing? (laughs) Let's just move back from there. Let's move back. Come on. Come on, guys. Hey, guys, I've just reseated that. Yeah, please, off the thing. (laughs) Come on, guys. I've just planted those lawn seeds. Come on. I've just reseeded that lawn. And look at the the Prime Minister. He's like, come on, everybody back. Come on. (laughs) He's being directed. The guy who has more personal security than anybody in the country is now taking orders from the guy who's saying, get the fuck off my lawn. <laughs> he's, now, he's now being told where he can stand by the homeowner. It's fucking beautiful. It's priceless. Come on, guys. I just, re- I just reseeded that. Hey, guys, I've just reseeded that. Yeah, please, off the thing. <laughs> Sorry, mate. All good. That's all good. It's all good. Thanks, mate. The guy even says, sorry, mate, you know, to the prime minister (laughs) and then walks and he doesn't stick around for the press conference either. That's probably my favorite part of that clip. He just went out there to say, get the fuck off my lawn. I've just reseeded that. And when they move, he goes back inside. (laughs) What was it, honey? I don't know. Some politician or something out there. (laughs) They're doing some kind of fucking press conference. Uh, They were standing on my lawn. Did you see that? He goes back inside. Sorry, mate. <laughs> it's, it's, like I said, it can only happen in Australia. Sorry, mate. All good. That's all good. Thanks. <laughs> so it's the projects that count. It's the projects that count. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. A very Australian way to end a very Australian podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie. Let me open that chest for you right now. Thanks for sticking around a bit of overtime tonight. So I hope you have a lovely weekend. Don't forget, if you could, to please follow our friends later on tonight. Oh, thank you. Thank you for coming. I'll see you now. 
Later on tonight at 10pm, I think you might have Irrational Times at 9, so give Irrational Times a follow. Later And after Irrational Times at 10, you've got everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh. Um, at some point over the weekend, I'll grab that little clip from the show and put that out as a Twitter clip, so stick around for that. Uh, don't forget to follow our other friends, Mr. America, The Beard of Truth, ladies and gentlemen, UK Neil, Why Censored, Rust, Rusty the Iceman, Coffee Talk with Sandra, winning TV on a Saturday night at 8pm till God knows when. Don't forget, you've also got Major Tom filling in for Joy of Pessy on Saturday night, movie time, midnight riff party with Major Tom. And then Major Tom's back at Sunday at midday, followed by Frozen Asian, Sunday night shit show and spent D. Then Monday morning, uh, Daywave Royce Lopez, midday JJ Stoner, four o'clock, Revenge of the Sis Guys. And then that's when I'll be back at six on Monday, 6 p.m. Monday. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, everyone who contributed tonight on DLive and on Streamlabs. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me to get off your fucking lawn because you just reseeded it, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Until Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. Stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.